Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. When the top political ranks of an agency go missing, it's up to career staff to keep the focus, the morale, and the work from slipping. That's the case now for Homeland Security, where the Trump administration has cleaned house. Joining me with more on the importance of career civil servants at a time like this, Bob Tobias, professor in the key executive leadership program at American University. And I think this level of missing people at the very top, I haven't seen this level of it in quite a while. Have you, Bob? I have not. And I think it's really um, a particularly difficult time for a career non-political person to be the head of a department because they're in a no-person's land between the political structure in the government from which they're excluded and from the uh, career people who look at that acting person with askance because they have no idea when their directions will be reversed. So they're like they're on an island between these two competing camps. I was going to say it's like uh, another metaphor. They're in the middle of the eye of a hurricane, and it's swirling around them. They can't control it. They have no say over it. But at some point, they're going to be caught up in the wind or blown out or something. So what does a career guy do? I mean, if you're a GS-15 or an SESer, you've got to show, I guess, calmness and, and unanimity in the face of all of this, this storming around you. It, it is really, really difficult. And um, so right now in DHS, they're in the midst of preparing the 2021 budget. So if I'm excluded from the political meetings where um, the direction of DHS is being considered and the um, other career folks don't trust me, how do I go about creating both long-term budget focus and short-term budget focus to solve the incredibly immense problems in DHS. It's really, really difficult. And you also have to manage expectations and morale of the people working. I was talking to an assistant attorney general the other day, uh, I'm sorry, an assistant U.S. prosecutor the other day in a different city. And Justice Department has had its share of turmoil at the top and coming and going and I said, how do you guys deal? She says, well, we just put our heads down. We don't look that direction. We just take care of the cases and the work and the prosecutions and the defendants and so forth and try to ignore all of that. But nevertheless, that kind of turmoil, I think, is visible and heard by the staff. So what's good advice for the executive who's there to, to keep things, keep the lid on? Well, as you suggest, the people who are actually trying to keep the trains on time do put their heads down and one foot in front of the other. But the uh, career person who's the acting secretary of a department has to figure out what few items he or she is going to focus on to try to change to improve because the wiggle room is very narrow and the um, pressure is very large. So the, the, that person who has political savvy, political acuity to really accurately read their their existence is the one who's going to survive. Because you had an ICE acting director, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, who was nominated, then denominated for the top job. So as a career person, 30 years there, acting in a acting situation, that's got to be a tough one because you really don't have the ear of the politicals and yet you've got to keep the agency going and give orders for people that have to carry it out. So you have to, I guess, demonstrate authority 
and some degree of power, even though you actually don't have it. That's exactly right. So what do I, the only thing that I have to rely on, uh, Tom, are my values and my approach and my experience doing the job in the past as I focus on trying to plan for the future. And that's particularly difficult. It's, it's difficult at the level of ICE, one of the components of DHS, but magnify that 100 times if I'm the acting secretary of DHS. We're speaking with Bob Tobias, professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. And I want to ask about another related topic, and that is the talked about for a year now dismemberment or breakup of the Office of Personnel Management with its functions going to different places, the White House or OMB, General Services Administration, and to the Defense Department. The president signed that executive order just a couple of days ago, and it's now in the works. And that's got to be tough if you're in that agency, not knowing whether you're going to be having an agency or having the whole thing yanked out from under you and you shipped off to some other agency. Yes, that's one problem. But the other problem is in the shipping, am I going to be, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to be reorganized out of my job? Because if I'm in something like an EEO office and I go from OPM to GSA, are there going to be too many people who are doing that job? And am I going to lose my job? So um, I've spoken to many people who are abandoning the OPM ship uh, to protect themselves, which of course makes OPM um, more difficult to run and more difficult to even more difficult to be effective. But you do have operational parts of OPM that are unique to OPM, such as processing retirement claims or managing the whole federal employee health benefit program. That's big. And there is no corresponding structure, say, at GSA that would get that. So they might be optimistic that they'll just move those offices and functions wholesale right into GSA, and GSA would just expand by that much. Um, yes, I, I think there are jobs that are secure, but what will be the um, how will that job be different in a new agency, in a new structure with new people in charge? There's a great deal of uncertainty about whether or not it's going to happen. And just a couple of weeks ago, the House voted not to grant the uh, money the president asked to implement this reorganization. So on the one hand, I might breathe, breathe a sigh of relief because the House voted not to give them the money, but I have no idea how it's going to finalize in the final budget reconciliation in, um, in, in October. Sure, because even skeptical House members said, well, at least give us the details so we can consider those. And I think that's one of the perhaps areas where the Trump administration could improve its relations with Congress by at least providing details and rationale above the top line level to Congress so that Congress understands precisely what it's voting on. In other instances, we've seen them say, well, give us the details and, and we might go along. That's a fact. I, I think the Trump administration has been derelict in providing rationale uh, for um, uh, for the changes that it seeks, because maybe there's an area of agreement, but maybe not. But if I don't provide my rationale, there's no chance uh, that I'll understand. And now we have Dale Cabanis as nominated to run OPM. And I guess that's a difficult situation, too, if everyone knows the intent of the administration and you're the nominee to come in. People think you're just coming in as a almost a Trojan horse. Well, it was um, kind of interesting that the president would nominate someone to an organization that he's also suggesting be split up 
it might provide an opportunity for uh, Ms. Cannabis to have her uh, something on her resume that she was the uh, director of OPM. But if President Trump has his way, it will be very short line on the resume. Well, there's a reason they call this whole town a merry-go-round. Exactly. Bob Tobias is professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. 56 past the hour. This is the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. For the latest updates, stay with federalnewsnetwork.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Up next, the top national headlines from ABC News and the Federal Newscast. I'm Tom Temin.